Good morning to you, man. We are absolutely delighted that you've uh, chosen to worship God with us uh, on this Sunday morning. Um, man, whether you're in person uh, or you're tuning in online, we don't believe that God's placed you here by chance uh, or by accident, but we believe that God's placed you here uh, to do a work inside of each one of uh, our hearts and our lives. Um, and, and as Ethan said uh, just moments ago, we are in, this is Thanksgiving week. Anybody uh, wonder where the week has, or where the year has gone sometimes? You're like, oh my gosh, I just, we were just in quarantine, like, it feels like two weeks ago, and that was like six months ago, you know, or lockdown, or whatever we were in, okay? And so, uh, we're moving into this series, or this this time of year of Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, and, and and I absolutely love it. Um, I, I love it. Uh, my wife had a post this week about me being the Grinch. And uh, she was asking for a friend what to do uh, if your husband was the Grinch, all right? And as Ethan said, um, I, I think as, as for me, I can't say for men, but for me, I think that I, I, I like Christmas, but I also like the, I think that we've over-materialized Christmas to an extent in our culture. And I think that what you get sometimes with Thanksgiving is, is you get the pure form of thankfulness that comes from our heart and comes from our life. And, and so many times with Christmas, it's all about, man, we've got to get the lights up, man, and we got a stack of lights at our house, and, and I wish, and I know he's watching online, but I wish I had the Jason Selmeyer in me where I could put up 17,000 Christmas lights, all right? Um, if you haven't gone by Jason's house, I encourage you to go by Jason's house, because uh, he, he's got the, the edge on Christmas lights, all right? Uh, but for me, it's like, man, can I just get through the week of Thanksgiving? Can I just enjoy uh, that turkey? My good friend Genevieve had a post yesterday saying the mac and cheese was better than the turkey, all right? I, I don't know what she's on, but it wasn't the right stuff, all right? Uh, but that good, moist turkey, man, sign me up every single day. And so as we, we're in this week of Thanksgiving, and, and your kids are going to be off school this week, and, and uh, they're going to be home, and you're going to take time this week and over the next few days, and you're going to begin to reflect on what the meaning of Thanksgiving is to you. This morning, for a few moments, um, I want to talk to you guys on the, the thought process of growing in gratitude. Growing in gratitude. We're in our series of being thankful, and Jesse did a great job last week delivering the word. And uh, if you didn't watch it, you can go hear how bad of a daddy was by losing Cohen in the woods. No, I'm just kidding. Je Jesse says Amen. I'm just kidding, but we all have those moments. But we're, we're going to talk this morning about growing in gratitude. Uh, my, my daughter, Blair, who is, who's here on the second row, if you're in person and if you're online, uh, you'll have to catch her on Facebook because Becca posts all them cool pics. But she, we're, we're beginning to teach Blair how to, how to eat, and we're transitioning Blair from formula that she has known her uh, whole life so far in this first year, and many of your moms know what, what we're talking about, and we're transitioning her from that to a sippy cup to milk to food to all this all at once. And for Blair, she's like overwhelmed by it. She's like, Dad, what are you doing? We had a doctor's appointment this week, and the doctor's like, have you switched over to milk yet? And we're like, no, we're really bad parents, and we're really, really sorry, okay? And uh, so, so Blair's like, she's like jumping into this thing, and she's eating, and she's drinking. She's going from this like room temperature formula bottle, this refrigerated cold milk. And as a parent, you're trying to adjust, and, and you're trying to teach her to, that, that there's stages of growth that's going to happen in her life. Uh, one of her favorite things, she's got like six teeth in her mouth, all right? Uh, so don't get, don't get your fingers close to her because she might bite them off. Uh, but she's got all these teeth in her mouth, and she's, she's learning to eat and what she can eat. And as a parent, you're like, I don't know if I should give you this potato chip, but let's try it and see how it goes, all right? 
And uh, she's growing. She's, she's getting bigger. And as, as Christians and as people, that's what we've got to do. God hasn't just called us to the earth and said, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to accept me as your Savior, and you're just going to kind of go through the next 37 years of your life until you pass, and then one day you're going to get to the gate, and you're going to say, uh, I'm going to say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. No, God wants us to, to grow in him. He wants us to mature as a Christian. He wants us to mature in our faith. And so this morning, we're going to begin to look at that, and we're going to unpack what that means to us. And so we're going to kind of go flipping uh, all throughout our Bible. But the first verse I'm going to read to you this morning is in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, 18. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to give thanks to God in just a few circumstances. You may know what I'm talking about. When the hard times come, we don't always want to give God thanks in those circumstances. When difficulties comes our way, it's, it's hard to be back, sitting back and being like, all right, God, I think I'm going to give thanks to you right now. I, I just lost my job. God, how do I give thanks to you right now? God, I... We, we just had a miscarriage in our home, or I'm, my friend's going through a divorce, or this person that I know suffering from COVID, and we've gone through this year that we've gone through. God, how, how do I give thanks in all things? And God's saying, you know what? As you grow in me and you mature in your faith, you can have a better understanding of what I mean to you. The first point for this morning is this, is we've got to be thankful for the. We've got to be thankful for the. In Deuteronomy 8 and 10, Moses, as he was leading the people of Israel, he, he was trying to tell them that in order for God to do something grand in your life, you've got to be sometimes just thankful for the, for the stuff, for the blessing, for the provision. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10, it says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. What Moses was saying was he said, when, when God has blessed you and provision has happened in your life, take time and, and, and say, God, I thank you for what you're doing for my home. I thank you for the provision. I thank you for the plan. I thank you for the promise. And God, I know that you're going to do something supernatural in our lives. My girls, uh, one of our favorite times around our house is, is mealtime. And uh, Becca drives a bus, and the girls go to school, and, and I have a home office, and we do all these different things, but that time, every single night at 6 o'clock, or we're bad parents, sometimes it's 8.30 or whatever time that it may be, we, we sit down, and we, we, we begin to, to pray, or we begin to eat, and we always are talking about what happened that day, and the girls are constantly fighting of who's going to get to pray that night. Does that happen to anybody else's house, or is that just my house, all right? They're constantly like, I want to pray. So Bree will pray. And then Brooklyn's like, but I wanted to pray. And I'm like, well, just pray. We're going to get blared. So we're going to wind up getting like three prayers every meal. We will be safe, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Like straight up, just off of family meal time. But the entry level of thanksgiving in us is being thankful for the. We live in a culture in America that we're not always thankful for the stuff that God has blessed us with. We take for granted the provision. We think, take for granted the jobs. We take for granted all the stuff that God's trying to do for us. And God said, if you will just stop and be thankful for the stuff, for the provision, for the blessing, then I can do something great in your life. When I, was a, when I was a 12-year-old boy, and I've told this story before, we went on a missions trip to Mexico. And this missions trip to Mexico radically changed my life. 
We met, this, we met this, this young boy down there in Mexico, and we'd minister in the streets, and we'd go to this orphanage every single night, and we'd prepare a meal. And every single night, you know what the meal was? Rice and beans and tortillas. That was the meal every single night, Julie, that we would prepare. Rice and beans and tortillas. I didn't know you could eat that for every meal, but we served that every single meal in Mexico. And this little boy was so happy every time we come through and we give soccer balls out. We do all these different things. And one day he said, Brandon, hey, Brandon, it was me and, Br- me and my buddy Brad and my other buddy Matt and our buddy Eugene. He was like, hey, man, you guys come to my house. I'm like, all right, let's go to, let's go to this guy's house. And so we asked the, the missionary we were with. We were like, hey, can we go to this guy's house? And he's like, yeah, man, you guys go. It's just right around the block. You guys go. We walked into this guy's house, this little guy's house. He's 12 years old. Little 15 by 15 block house, no air conditioning, eight people live there, bunk bed stacked four high, every person had their own bunk bed, the toilet was right next to the bunk beds, the kitchen was right next to all of that, and I can remember being 12 years old and thinking, God, you have blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. And we look at our life, and you know what we want is, as Americans sometimes, we want more stuff. If I can just get a new car, if I can just get a new house, if I can just get a new pair of shoes, and we're so, consumerism has just completely engulfed us. And God says this to you, if you can't get anything out of what I'm going to share with you today, it's this, is be thankful for what he's given you. Be thankful. We, we try to teach to our girls, and, and I'm nowhere close to writing a parenting book because I have failed multiple times, and maybe when I'm uh, 82 years old, I'll decide to write a parenting book. But, I, but we try to instill in our kids to be thankful for what they have. Take care of what you have. Why? Because we don't want to just go through this life being wasteful and just being a consumer and just thinking, oh, I can just replace it. No, everything we have is because the blessing of God is upon our lives. The things in your life, you have them because the blessing of God is upon your life. And what Moses was telling the people of Israel was this, is stop complaining and be thankful for everything that I've done for you. What we have to do is we've got to stop complaining complaining, and we have to be thankful for all that God has done for us. Point number two this morning is this, is being thankful even though. I preached a whole message last week uh, at at another church we were in out of Psalms 23, and we went all the way down Psalms 23. And I'm going to focus this morning on Psalms 23 and 4, and it says this, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I'm in a dark valley, I'm going to give praise to God. Even though I'm, I'm going through a season of a pandemic, even though COVID is all around us, I am going to trust God. My, my, my eyesight isn't set on what Brandon Kelly sees, but my eyesight is what God has done inside of my heart and inside of my life. And what King David knew most of all was this. He said, although I go through the, the trials of this life and I go through difficulties and I face I face." Uh, uh, the devil's coming at me. What I know is this, is that God is by me. And what David drew a parallel to is he drew the parallel to your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Because David was the shepherd who was out in the woods knowing what it was like to fight off the lion and the bear with the staff and the rod. He knew that 
that rod and that staff was his comfort in time of despair. He knew that although there might be brokenness in his life or, or there might be something that came up against him, if he would rely on the spiritual rod on the spiritual staff, that God would see him through. How many times do we, we, we encounter difficult seasons in our life and we're always asking ourselves, God, why in the world am I going through this right now? Why, why am I facing adversity? And God's saying, you've got to see the bigger picture because you've got to praise me and you've got to be thankful when you're going through the difficult times because you've got to remember back that I've been with you every single step of the way. David goes on to say that in, in that same passage of Scripture, just a little farther down in Psalms 23, he goes on to say that, in the presence of my enemies that you prepared a table for me. In the presence of your shortcomings, God's with you. In the presence of addiction, God's with you. In the presence of confusion, God's with you. In the presence of losing a, loss, losing a loved one, God's with you. In the presence of whatever adversity comes your way, God is with you. And David says, I will rejoice in all things because God is with with me. I don't know what you've come in here this week or this week with or this morning. I can tell you this that no matter where you are, even if you're in that dark pit in your life, God can see you through. Beck and I have a have a close friend and and this this friend over the last 5 or 6 years has gone through a divorce. And so many times they they look at their situation and and they feel like they they're not making progress from when the divorce happened to where they are now and they they look at the situation and they feel like they feel like they've lost hope that that they've lost grip with life and as we're navigating this season and this person's a single parent they're navigating it and they're thinking man how do I do homeschool at home uh, or how do I do uh, uh, school at home when the schools are shut down because of COVID how how do I navigate this thing and they feel completely lost. But all of a sudden they take a step back and they say, you know what? From where I started five or six years ago to where I am now, God has been with me. Sometimes we, we get so close to the details of life that we feel like God's abandoned us. And God's gone nowhere. You know where God is? He's been right beside us the whole step of the way. Every step that I take, God takes. Every place that I go, God goes. And so even though I may be in a dark season of my life, even though I may be in a difficult season of my life, I put my trust and my hope and my confidence in Him. I can't do this life by myself. I, I love my wife with all of my heart. We can't do this life by ourselves. We need the hope of God that sustains us and picks us up and carries us through this life. So I've come by to encourage you this morning that God's with you. I don't know where you're at, but I can tell you this. The Bible tells us that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsaken us. That he sticks closer than a brother. And if those things are true, I can grab a hold of that and say, God, I'm standing here today knowing that you got me in the palm of your hand. I told the story last week, and I'll share it with you guys, that in this summer we made the difficult decision to cancel summer camp. And it was the heart, one of the hardest decisions in ministry I've ever had to make was uh, to tell a 1,000 people that we were shutting our facilities down for the summer. And in my mind, what I was really thinking, I never really said this, was what's going to happen to that budget? There's this huge budget that's attached to summer camp. 
and our, and our bishop, Bishop McGee, who's the overseer of our denomination that we serve in, he, he kept saying something over and over again. We were going to these meetings talking about camp, and he called me talking about updates, and, and we're navigating COVID as everybody did, and we're trying to keep everybody safe, and, and we're just like, man, what in the world? And he kept saying this over and over and over and over again. God's got this. I'm like, Bishop, what do you mean God's got this? This is, this is the hardest decision I'm ever going to have to make, and you're just telling me some little pity words of God's got this? And, and I just wrapped my mind around that concept one day, and I'm like, all right, God, you've got this. I don't know if there was like a, a light switch change, like, okay, here we go. But I can remember thinking over and over and over and over and over and over again, God's got this. And whatever season of your life that you're in right now, God's got you. Whatever difficulty that you're facing, sometimes we go through weeks of Thanksgiving and, or holiday seasons, and sometimes they're the absolute hardest seasons of our lives because we're going to rub shoulders with people that we've had war with who maybe disagree with us politically. And well, you know what? God's got you. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. He has you. So if I can leave you with anything, if Pastor Bob one day will leave you with anything, it's this. God's got you. He hasn't brought you this far in life to leave you and forsaken you. But he's carried you along this way. He said, you know what? You're an overcomer by the word of your testimony. You know what? You can do this. You can make it. You have this. Our last point this morning is this, is we got to be thankful because of, because of. Philippians 1 and 18 says this, but what does it matter? The important thing is that, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of that, I, because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Paul was writing this from prison. And Paul was, was in the prison of, and he was writing this letter, and he's trying to tell these people, hey, you know what? My life stinks right now. But because God's been good to me, I'm going to continue to be grateful. Because God's working things together for my good, I'm going to continue to trust him. Because God is working on my behalf, I'm going to continue to thank him for all that he's done. Sometimes we get in the middle of life sometimes and we're just like, man, I just can't find a reason to thank God right now. Listen to me. If you've got air in your breath and you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and your life, you have so much to be grateful for and thankful for. And I'm not just going to look at my situation and just hope that maybe things become different. But I want to look at my situation and say, I'm going to be thankful because of God doesn't have to send another blessing my way. God doesn't have to do another thing for me. But because of everything that God has done, he has already done enough. If I can just make it to heaven, and I, and, and I say this all the time, and I mean this, when I was in my 20s, I thought I could, or when I was in my teenage years, I was called the ministry man, I thought I was going to reach the world. When I got to my 20s, like I'm dead serious, I thought maybe we could reach like this city, and we could reach Columbia. And then now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, God, just let me limp myself to heaven somehow. 
Why? Because what Christ did on the cross is really all that I need. That's all that I need to be thankful for. That's all that I need in my life. And I know that because of Christ's perfect will for my life that I can rejoice, that I can be thankful. Romans 28 Romans 8 and 28, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says this, and we know that in all, thing, God, all things God works for the good of those who loved him and those who are called according to his purpose. In everything that we go through, in every season of our life, whether it's a moment of thanksgiving or whether we're in the valley of this world, God is with us, and I can be thankful. You see, thanksgiving is, and being thankful and grateful is a condition of the heart. We, we want to say, oh, I'm, I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful. Listen, it's a condition of my heart. Me being thankful is something that happens 365 days out of the year, not just something that happens one day out of the year. My, my aunt, uh, she's probably watching online, she's probably going to murder me after this, this message this morning, but she's got a family tradition that we, uh, we all ride on the tablecloth at her house. So, Jesse, what's it been, 20, 15 years, a long, long time? I, I can't even put a date on it. I'm telling you, she's going to text me when I take my phone off airplane mode in a minute. She's going to be like, hey, it's been this many years. She's got this tradition that you write something on the table that, you've been, that you're thankful for. Man, you go back and look at mine from like the last 15 years, and it's probably like the same four things. My family, my job, my calling, blah, 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 blah. Because when, you're, when you sit down in that moment and you're like, put on paper what you're thankful for, put on this tablecloth what you're thankful for, you're like, uh, I don't know. But then you get through seasons of your life and you're like, man, today I'm thankful for God's grace. You get into seasons of your life and you're like, man, I'm thankful for my family. You go through a hard season and you're like, man, I'm so glad that I have a relationship with Christ. We went through quarantine the first time when we were all in lockdown. And every single day we'd wake up with nothing to do. And uh, we live on 130 acres in the middle of the woods. And for some people, they'd say, man, that's a lot of fun. To me, I look at it and I'm like, man, it's a lot of work. <laughs> and we, we'd get going. And what it really made me do at the end of it was, it made me value my kids even more. Because in that season of my life, man, we were just like locked in. And then we went through two weeks of quarantine, and then I wanted to murder them. No, I'm just kidding, all right? But <laughs> Bree said, same. Eh? All right. She'll get a spank when we get home. I'm just kidding. But what happens is, is that when we get into certain seasons or certain moments of our life, we see the hand of God on us. And you know what happens is when we're close to it every single day, every single day, we take for granted the small things. Jesse, you can come as we close my my mom's dad, Arnold Metcher, we'd go to their house every holiday. And I'm telling you, it was every holiday. It was every, every one of their birthdays. No matter when we got together, he'd always get up and he'd pray. And as he was praying every single day or every single time we met, he began to cry. I remember that man being as far back as being a little kid. He'd be, get moved to emotion. What's this man, this strong man that's worked outside with his hands his whole life? Why, why is he soft right here? 
And this week, as I've processed Thanksgiving and being thankful for family and different things like that, I was reminded of, of, that, of that happening. I truly believe, folks, that what Arnold Metcher was doing, Grandpa Metcher, is that he was counting his blessings. And he was for in that moment thinking, God, the whole family was gathered around the living room. The living room wasn't big enough at one time when I was a kid, and they knocked a wall out, and they made an even bigger living room. We're all standing around there, standing there. And he's moved to emotion as he's praying the blessing over whatever meal it was. And what I think it was for him is that in that moment, he was remembering all that he had to be thankful for. It doesn't matter if the moment was great, and it doesn't matter if he was going through all hell on the inside because there were days that he was sicker than a dog. But what he knew was this, is what God had blessed him with, he was thankful for. So if I can challenge you to do anything over the next five to seven days, is this. Don't let this just be another year that just goes by that you just get so busy preparing the feast, gathering the supplies and inviting the people and hunting for toilet paper. I heard that's a thing right now. That we miss the little things. Right now, and I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to. Right now, with everything that's going on with our world, we hear people say, man, shut down Thanksgiving. Do this and do that to protect your loved ones. And I'm all about protecting my loved ones. But let me tell you something. This life that we live is short. The Bible says that it's just a vapor. There's so much technology at the palm of our hand. You may not gather in person for Thanksgiving, but reach out to your loved one and say, you know what? I'm thankful for you. You know what? You mean something to me. You bring value to my life. Because God didn't just place the people in our lives just to place them there, but he placed them there so that they could bless us. We strive for connection. If the devil can win anywhere in your life, it's when he isolates you. And what God wants is he wants to bring life to you through people. So love on somebody. Think about how important your family is this Thanksgiving week. And be grateful in all that he's done. You may say, Brandon, man, I'm taking some of my stuff for granted. Man, be thankful for your stuff. Be thankful for the provision. But be thankful even when you're walking through the hardest valley of your life. Because God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. Let's pray. God, I thank you right now. Father, for every person in the house and Father, for every person that's tuning in online. Father, we know that your word says that where two or three are gathered upon your name, God, that you are in the midst. God, and, and I pray, God, right now, God, that we are forever grateful, first and foremost, God, for what you did on the cross. As the song sung in worship and the song we'll conclude with today, God, talks about your reckless love. God, before we were even a, a thought 
to a human being in this world. You gave your absolute best, God, that we could have life, God, and that we could have it more abundantly. God, you said in your word, God, that all we've got to do is confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, God, and we can be saved. And Father, if there's one here that that doesn't know you, Father, or one here that's tuning in online, Father, today is the day of salvation, not, not tomorrow or next week or next year. Father, draw us into you and to your presence, God. And Father, we thank you for that. And Father, this week as we go along, God, I pray that you remind us on a daily basis of the blessings that you've given unto us. God, whether it be our family and our children, God, or our parents, God, or our siblings, Father, or if we're thankful for the, for the stuff, God, for the house and for the automobile and the transportation that you provide. Father, it's the clothes that we wear. Your hand is upon us and everything that we have, Father. And Father, let us be thankful for that. Let's not let us take it for granted and, and want more stuff, Father, but let us be thankful for all that you've done for us and all that you've provided for us. And Father, I pray for the person, God, that is going through something right now. God, let us see you in it. Father, let us see that, that you've never left us and you've not forsaken us, Father, but you are with us. Whether we're in the valley or we're on the mountaintop, we've got so much to be thankful for. Whether the devil's knocking at our door and, and reminding us of, of the addiction that we struggle with or, or the, the suicidal thoughts we struggle with, God, or the, or the depression or the anxiety. Father, you are with us. And Father, we're going to praise you and we're going to be thankful that, that you're our healer, Father, and that you're our provider, God, and you're all that we need to sustain us through this life. People will come and people will go, but Father, you are with us. As David said, his rod and his staff protect us. Father, our rod and our staff is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that works on the inside of our heart and on the inside of our lives. And Father, we thank you right now for all that you do for us. Father, we give you praise and honor and glory in this place. And we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. In Christ's name. I want you to stand with us all across this auditorium one last time. And what I want you to do is I just want you to stretch your hands towards heaven. And I just want you to begin to thank God for what he's done for you. And Father, we thank you right now. God, I, I thank you for Bree and Brooklyn and Blair and Becca. God, I thank you for my family, God. Father, I thank you for my, for my mom and my dad, Father the health that you've given them. Father, I thank you for the things that you've given unto us. Father, I thank you that even when I was lost in sin, that you had a plan and a path for me, Father. God, you've not forsaken us, but Father, in this place, we declare that you've been good to us. And Father, in this place, we declare that we're thankful for what you've done for us. Father, we thank you for the provision, God, when we've not always been thankful. And Father, we thank you that you have done so much for us.
Come on, push in. Just a few minutes. You and God right here. Come on.